This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Flat Out Farno, you're Laddie H, host of Flat Out Pride on your Free FM dial. If you're a Waikato local with an idea for your own show, Free FM would love to hear from you. Check out our website, freefm.org.nz, or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have some results from the weekend. Kelly Pierce teams were held in Rotorua. And yeah, I played like a dog, Barry. We had a nice match against you. <laughs> you behaved yourself. I did. Didn't do too much wrong. I even shared one of my lollies with them. Was it only one? Yeah, well, I don't know. Did you sneak another one? <laughs> Plumbing here. you got to watch your purses with this lads around. It was a snifter. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I was all keen. I just didn't have my focus hat on. Round one was a bit of a trip, though. Whew. What happened there? A couple of slams going. There was a hand that I just, I don't know. I suppose I didn't have enough ghoulies to bid six diamonds. Opponents open, four spades, partner doubles, pass by the right-hand opponent and I'm sitting here and I've got a cracker hand but I don't really know what my partner's got. Okay, I know the basics of what they've got. Opening hand, potentially three of every suit and I've got... So that's only if your agreement is... A lot of people will play a penalty double of four spades there and four no trumps is takeout. So, but for you, double just says... Takeout. Oh, it's takeout, yep. I think yes. that's probably a better agreement but hey, there you go. Yeah. Yep, so that's all good. So, and you're sitting there with this... Actually, I know that. I mean, you just had a magnificent I hand. did. And you bit it like you had a two count. <laughs> no, like I had no ghoulies. You, you bit it like you said, partner, I have got a shocker of a hand here. I just hope I don't go down too many in five diamonds. Yeah, like, yeah, like I said, didn't have enough ghoulies <laughs> to bid six diamonds. You know, we were talking only a week or two ago about responses to take out doubles. I had a pulse. You didn't have a pulse, you only bit five. I did have a pulse, but I didn't show that I had a pulse. Yeah. I showed that I was a flatliner. Yeah, you look like somebody that was, you know, on the <laughs> table in a morgue. Yeah, oh, look, I tell you, and oh boy, does that do your confidence something good. Round one. Actually, I've got to give you the hand, guys. I said last week we hardly do hands, but this was an amazing hand. Yeah, so which you had, one did it fall So into? you had no spades, you had one heart, you had six diamonds to the ace king and six clubs to the ace king. That's yeah. the most amazing hand. We, yeah. Now we've talked about albatrosses and swans. I don't what know. What is that one? It's six six. I have no idea. So what was the other one that we called a mower? That was the eight five. We didn't get on to six sixes. Well, maybe Judge Julie gets her dodo. <laughs> well, I felt like a dodo, so maybe that's it. Maybe we'll ask Judge Julie this week if she's got a name for a six-sixer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, maybe it's something to do with Route 66. Could be. <laughs> what do you, maybe we could call it an eagle then, since it's an American thing. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. anyway, so when you get a hand like that, you can't just bid five diamonds. You've got to do something a bit more dramatic. Well, you can, and I did. So you can't say can't, because I did. 
Mariana, oh, Mariana. No. Hey, look, I was not alone in the room with that. No, it you were. You a lot of people, and then some people ended up in six clubs. You know, and what does partner do? They've only got two, so they're a little bit squirmy because. They don't have three of everything, so it was pretty trying. So I'm glad it pulled some six, other six people. Six clubs made easily enough. Yeah, course, it did. As it happens. Yeah, but yeah, it did. Yeah, so. but there were so many slams on the weekend. I think that dealing machine must have had a blooming <laughs> oil change or something, and <laughs> they'd put some super-duper something or other in there. Yeah, it was nice. The hands were, the hands were okay. Yeah, people, but, okay. People complaining about, oh, you didn't get any, whatever. There were slams all over the place. Of which we didn't bid as many as we could have either, but anyway, there you <laughs> yeah, go. We managed to bid a couple, but the ones that like smack you in the face didn't bid that one, which was a bit of a shame. But anyway, you got some results over there. So the winners were, and no, this isn't a repeat of last week's episode. It was Michael Weir again. Yep. You know, he's just winning what everything. What was the team name? Actually, that's a good question. That's a very good question, and I think I have it in front of me, Maria. Boy, his stats are doing all right, aren't they, for yeah, 2021? I, I think he's trying to win the, the Baden-Wilson this year, and he's certainly on target to do it. How many A points do you think he's got up till now, Mariana, for this year? Have a guess. Or, um, what would that be? It's only like March. 10, it's only 20, March, remember? 30. I'd hazard a guess. I'm not too sure, but 20 a pop, so 80 Plus, he's got over a hundred already, and it's not even the end of March yet. Bloody hell! So if he carries that up, he'll have four hundred by the end of the year. I wonder if there's a sort of supportive transfer of A points that you could do. Hey, Mike, want to transfer some to mine? I'll give you my my number. Anyway, I've got good news for you. What's that? The name of his team. <gasps> yep. It was the Grant team. Oh. It wasn't the Weir team. So anyway, so the winning team was Michael Weir. He wasn't on his own. He played with Matthew Brown. He had Alan Grant, obviously, and Anthony yep. Kerr. That was the winning team. Second were Jetta Lou and June Lay, Alice Young and George Sun. Mm. And third were Mike Curry and Ken Yaw playing with Jenna and Christine Gibbons. Jenna was not happy with me, by the way, after last week's show, but there you go. <laughs> Did your account get deducted the $4? No, it didn't. It didn't? Oh, I think you owe her $4. Would you believe it? She listened to the show last week and heard my... It's a smart comment, though. <laughs> Never again? She's going to remember that. Remember when you said never again, Barry? It's never again. So don't even bother wasting your time ringing me up to say, can you sub? Good news is, yep. her mum, Christine, who's absolutely lovely, said she's available to sub for me next time. Oh. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I wonder what she's expecting for the Ks that she's going to rack up. <laughs> It'd be more than $4. Anyway, I had a question from a listener. So you're sitting there, innocently, looking at some two-count or something, thinking, well, this is not my hand. I have nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. What could go wrong? It's all fine. I'm not going to bid. I'm not going to have much on defence. Next minute, your favourite partner who you're playing alcohol with opens a no-trump. And it goes double. Things have livened up a bit. All of a sudden, partners in one no-trump doubled. And you're thinking, what do we do? Yeah. uh, how many times have I said you've got to you've got to have agreements? What happens when you get doubled, doubled in one no that's trump? Right. So in this particular hand, the question I was asked about is when you've got a five card minor. Right. So you've got a two two points and say a five card minor. What do you do? So my listener said, "Oh, we play statement and transfers, so we can't bid two of a minor. So we have to jump to three of a minor." 
And I said, well, that's fabulous. Now we'll be a three-level doubled instead of the one level. <laughs> so all I'm saying is make sure you have your agreements. If nothing else, if you can't wean yourself off of stamen and transfers when you're doubled in one no trump, have redouble to show a five-card minor. So partner will just bid two clubs and you'll correct it to diamonds if it's diamonds or you'll pass if it's clubs. You've got to have a way of getting to that five-card minor. I don't care if you've got a two-count. If you've got a two Without count, going to the three level. Absolutely. <laughs> if you've got a two count, you need to bid something. You need to be somewhere. You're in big trouble in one no trump doubled. Yeah. I cannot emphasize enough that the less points you've got, the more important it is for you to get the hell out of there. <laughs> Redouble. Well, yeah, that works. It, well, it's one way. There's lots of ways. I mean, you'd like to be able to show any two suits. So when you've got diamonds and hearts or when you've got clubs and spades. So there are better systems than that. I'm not suggesting this is the panacea of systems and that it's always going to get you out of trouble when you're in one no trump doubled. You know, you could have a... There's all sorts of things you can play there. I don't really care what you play, but make sure you know it. And any time you play with somebody playing... Even a strong no trump, it doesn't matter because if you overcall, yep. if you overcall a no trump and somebody smacks you, remember the system. Remember, or make sure you have one. Make sure you have one. There's <laughs> no good trying to remember it if you didn't have one in the first place. <laughs> so it's really important. One no trump doubled is not a lot of fun. No. If if you've got no points and partner's got twelve, you need to try and get out of dodge. Well, that was pretty clever. Hey, since we've been talking. This week, last week, and all the bird words, there seems to be a lot of goulashy hands around, Barry. What's eight, five, going on? Seven, six, six, eight, five, seven, all seven, four. one, one. Yeah, six, six. I had a question about a, just an ordinary old garden variety six, five. Nobody thinks they even count anymore. <laughs> what happens there? Well, it was actually, I should have said five, six. So the question was. If you're the opening bidder and you have five spades and six hearts and, say, 11 or 12 points and you want to open the bidding, which suit should you open in? And 11 points, is it? Well, a minimum hand. 11 to 13, somewhere in there. Well, it puts you in the dilemma because you instantly have to think whether or not you're going to reverse if you play reverse. That's a very good point, Mariana. If you're going to go hearts then spades, you're promising more than you actually have so you have to think which is the better lie i guess that's exactly it and some people will say that you should open a spade and rebid two hearts i don't happen to be one of those people (laughs) i'm definitely from the school of bid your long suit first even if it hurts really yeah i still think you should bid your six card suit first Mm. a partner will forever be putting you back to spades and you really want to be in arts otherwise so i think you should open a heart and you're going to have to decide what you're going to do next. Um, you know, some people have the agreement that you, with that shape, you can reverse, with even with a minimum hand. Mm-hmm. And partner will, you know, bid the fourth suit, or they'll do something else rather than just assume you've got sixteen plus and five hearts and four spades. So right. th- that is one. That's not a mainstream treatment, though. So usually, the the options you have if you're sitting down with a partner that you met in the bar. <laughs> and you haven't had, haven't had much long to discuss things is what are you going to do are you going to open a heart and rebid two hearts are you going to open a heart and reverse into two spades are you going to open a spade and reverse and then bid two hearts none of them are ideal I'm still in favour of bidding the six card suit first if partner's got a few spades if partner's got four spades they're going to bid them Yep. and you'll be fine if they haven't got four spades they're going to bid something else I'm going to rebid two hearts. We may miss our 5-3 spade fit, so shoot me. 
<laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of people that want to do that, Barry Jones. <laughs> yeah, Jenny Gibbons for one. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. So I think you should just rebid your six-card suit okay. at a pinch. Not ideal, not perfect, but none of the other options are perfect either. That's what I'd do. At least I get to play in my long suit. One of your favourite tournaments coming up in Hamilton? Oh, yeah. Hamilton Restricted, boy, that's coming up in just over three weeks' time. And Barry squirms every year, people. Every year he squirms like a worm that he does not want to play it. So I've now called it his favourite event. In fact, I might even start a movement so it can be called the Hamilton Barry Jones Restricted Tournament. I don't think that's going to happen. I think I might have an open home that day. (laughs) So I've got my partner all sorted. Well, who's your partner? The president has organised me to play with Catherine Cameron this year. So that should be good. It should be good. Who are you playing with? I'm playing with Roger Gunning. Oh, well, I'm sure that he'll be very pleasant to play with. He Him, will. And you could, you could win big. Well, we're going to be doing the lessons together, so we'll be doing alcohol. We'll be oh. practising that at the same time. The lessons. Now, I do want to talk to you about the lessons. Oh, How no are the life. lessons? Last week was the first week. Well, you don't have lessons. I think you just have mini bridge the first week, do you? That's right. We had mini bridge and I had four full tables. So my little helpers were on the outside and we had four full tables and I had 12 name badges that have yet to be collected. So I'm a little bit panicky about that. So you think some of them might turn up next week and you'll end up with 28? I hope not. (laughs) You'll have seven tables. You'll be running around there like a mad woman. I'll tell you what, the most stressful thing about this is making sure that you select the right biscuits. We had <laughs> we had chocolate was it chocolate thins and some shortbread and hardly any were eaten. We're like, Oh well those are going in the bin. Oh they didn't like them. I think you need to make something something homemade. Oh. Maybe you could get the recipe for Kay Dixon's profiteroles. Oh, I don't have that time. I said, I don't even have time to pick up the biscuits. That's the most stressful thing about it. (laughs) Okay, so you had four tables of mini bridge. How did did they all get on? They were lovely. I've got some younger players in there too because we're actually Tuesday night and Friday mornings tend to be for the ones that don't work anymore and they got five tables, Barry. So 20 on a Friday, 16 on a Tuesday. You've got another 12 that haven't turned up yet. I think that there's about another six that were supposed to be there yeah. on Friday as well. So there's maybe that's another 18. And what have we got? 20 and 36 and 18. That's 54. Good interest. Very so, good I mean, interest. we certainly got 36 turned up and yeah. could well be over 40. That'll be good. <laughs> wonder if there's any other listeners out there that want to tell us how many people they've got along to their club lessons. We'd love to hear from you. What's that email address, Mariana? Bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. Good girl. If you can let us know, we'd love to know, A, how many you've got, B, what you're doing, how they're doing. Those young ones. How young is young, Mariana? Oh, the early 20s, maybe. Early tw- no, no, maybe no, even late. T- no, early 20s. So but- they'll be eligible for youth. Yeah. You'll yeah. have to tell them about Youth Bridge. Yeah. I've even got a returnee from 2018 oh. in there. Yeah. So he's dead keen to start again. He's, things didn't quite work out for him in COVID last year. So he's dead keen to come back in. A youth player? Yeah, he is. Oh, okay, too. that's yeah. good. So, I mean, Youth Bridge is pretty wild and weird and wonderful. And mm. <laughs> some of those youth players, they bid like crazy people. But, <laughs> you know, they have a lot of fun. And there's lots of yeah. youth events for them. So anybody that's got anybody under, ooh, I don't know, anybody under 30, I reckon. Right. Say, hey, look, we do have youth events. You can, we have youth weekends you can go to. You can meet other people your age that are playing the game. And, mm. yeah, it's a good way to good way to go. 
Hey, where's Judge Julie? Judge Julie is in session at the moment. He is Patrick. We have a question today, Bailiff, and it's about directors. What happens if you're directing and you place out hand records for the session that's just been played and when in fact those hand records belong to the session that is about to be played? And you know that a couple of people have picked up the hand records. What do you do? Good question, and something like that happened in the tournament on the weekend. It was handled very efficiently because what the director did, it was a team's event, and he actually cancelled those hands because people might have seen them. Uh, He continued on with the hands for the next match right to the end of the, the day and then brought in a new set of hands that have been dealt for the very last match of the day. So there was no danger of anyone seeing a hand that might have affected them. It's really tricky because while it's sort of human nature to want to say, oh, look, it doesn't matter, no one would have seen anything, or we trust them not to have taken advantage of it, and most of the time you'll get away with it. It's just when something unusual happens, even if it's innocent, you then wind up with a situation where someone feels very sour about it. And I'd actually like to to take this example and yep. move it to something that happens more often. It's not by, by no means the first time director that has put out the wrong hand records. I've done it myself. But a far more common thing is when people have seen something about the board that they haven't played. For instance, when you're entering on computer scoring and you get to see the scores from other tables, and if you're playing boards one, two, and three, and you, you play board one and you enter the score on board two, so you see the scores from board two. Oh, yes. Now, there you've got what's called unauthorised information and makes life tricky. And often players will tell you, oh, we didn't see anything, no, we weren't looking. <laughs> right? And if you let them play it, nine times out of ten, you get away with it and there'd be no problem. But the problem comes that tenth time out of ten when that particular table happens to bid a game that no one else did. Right, right? yeah. Or happens to find a lead that beats the opponent's game that no one else did. That might be a little bit trickier, but certainly there's several 170s on the sheet and suddenly this pair bids it. It might have been that they genuinely bid it without knowing, but boy, is that going to leave a sour taste in the opponent's mouth. Yes. Right? So it's not worth taking a risk. Even when it seems like that it wouldn't make a difference. And I got given a great example of this a few months ago. Someone asked me about exactly that happening. The director looked at the board and decided that everybody had played four spades north-south. So what harm could it do? And what actually happened was the north had a good hand with a diamond suit and at the other tables went one spade and a two diamond response and then two spade rebid and then going four spades. But at this table, I think someone had seen that that everyone was in game, so it went one spade, four spades. Oh. Maybe they'd seen everyone was in game. They didn't need to make a careful two diamond bid to make to see if partner had a a really good hand and they should go slam. They just went one spade, four spades. And the opening leader, without that bit to guide them, led a diamond, which was a great lead for Declarer, and they made six where everyone else made only, only four or five.
Mm. You'd look at it and think, oh, it's not going to make any difference. Giving people a one adjusted board is just such a small thing compared to how awkward it is when something goes wrong. So you know, I have a personal rule in that to what I do in that case right. uh, when someone's sort of seen the score is that if it's South's fault because the board's been played in order and they've entered it on the wrong one, I give North-South 40 and East-West 60. The board's been played out of order. I sort of think that South's been sort of sucked into it and everybody should, I feel, should know that you play the boards in order. So let's start off with board three and they're playing boards one, two and three and then South scores it on the wrong one, then I give both sides 50-50. So I don't penalise anyone, even though you could actually make a strong argument that uh, that perhaps you should. Right, um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, I don't have this problem at tournaments, because tournaments you're not allowed to show those other scores, so it never happens. Mm. But at club play, they like to see those other scores. And at club play, I'm a bit on the generous side. And yeah, that's the same sort of thing. Getting that unauthorised information is exactly the same as when someone might have unauthorised information because they've seen hand records from the next session. It was well done by both the director and the scorer. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, then. Hey, okay. well, thank you for that. That was awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Catch Bye. you later. New Zealand Bridge board elections are up. Yeah, I heard that. So there's a few Waikato Bay's people got their yes, names there forward. Is. That's good. There so is. And so a few people that are already there, like... Karamataleti. Yeah, we, I don't know. Are we allowed to mention names? Or will we be, well, or it's will we be, general knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. Karamataleti's there that's already on the board. John Skipper's there that's already on the board. And there's some new faces. So. I think you need to mention them as well. It's not fair to just mention the ones that are on there, Mariana. You might well, get sued. I can't remember all the other... I oh, I do know Alan Dick was there. Anna Colmer. Sam Coots. Gary Marie, Duncan, was it? Anne-Marie Russell. Sorry well if done. I've missed your name out, but that's all about in. all I can remember for now. I'm so pleased that there's so much interest and everybody gets to pick. Do you know when the closing date is for votes? It must be soon because we did um, our votes. And, of course, my lips are sealed, Nigella. I will not tell you who Hamilton Bridge Club has put forward as their nominations. But, yeah, it's great. <clears throat> Just wondering whether we should try and get some of them on the show. Or maybe we should wait till after the election, see who gets in and get them on. Boy, he is just full of good ideas. We've had today. Karen Martelletti on here. We've had yeah. Anna Kalmer on here. I think we yes, had. we yeah. have. We should do that, Barry. Uh, tournaments this week. Waikato Area Pairs. It was going to be at Te Aroha and it's now got a new venue at Cambridge. Bay of Plenty down in Fakatani. That's this weekend, I think. Correct us if we're wrong. But I guess the big tournaments that are coming up are Easter, Barry. Yes. Are you in for the whole weekend? We're going up there. I think they've got quite good numbers, 30-something teams in the teams. Oh, wow. There's the Winton Intermediate Teams, Palmerston North Junior Pairs, Palmerston North Intermediate Pairs, the North Shore Swiss Pairs, which is booked out, by the way, so don't think you can enter now. <laughs> uh, Marlborough Open Teams. Guess who the director is? Judge Julie flying out oh, tonight. She's on her way to Blenheim to direct the Marlborough 5A Open Teams. Wow. Are they in for well, a shock? Why is she, is she leaving on a Tuesday? I think there's probably some shopping to be done down oh. there. That's my guess. <laughs> so Howick have got an intermediate junior pairs. Hastings Open Teams is on on Saturday. Wow. Hamilton Novice Pairs, junior pairs and intermediate pairs. Although I hear the entries are a bit light for the novice pairs. Yeah, there's only three pairs for the novice. So if you've just started bridge in the last one to two years and you want to have one session of bridge, Let ring us, up the club. Or you can enter online. Yeah, I think that'll be awesome. 
Marlborough having open pairs on the Sunday. No prizes for guessing for who the director is. It's Judge Julie again. <laughs> He's got a busy weekend. She has. And we're closing the show at the pond. I hope everybody has a great bridge week. Phenomena. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Good morning, Barry. How's life in the Naki? The weather has been stunning. Really lovely here for the last few days. The farmers are happy though? Lots of grass growing? Yep. (laughs) I guess it makes the frogs happy as well. (laughs) Anyway, what's the tip for this week? Don't lose the hand before you've even picked up the cards. Psychology plays quite a big part in the game of bridge and sometimes people sit down against an opponent that they think is much better than them and they kind of stop playing their best game. So whether it's like the person you think was the cleverest person in your class for lessons or a strong player at your club or when you start playing tournaments, some nationally ranked player. They still have 13 cards just like you do and they can't see through the back of the cards. They don't have superpowers. So just concentrate on playing the cards and not about who you're playing against. It's about the cards, not the person. Good advice, Pam. Now, it's, I've noticed that it's not always particularly good players that you have this mental block against. Sometimes it can be just one particular person or pair that for some reason... We always seem to get bad results against them, even though they're not that great. Have you noticed that? I think if you uh, asked a lot of players, they would say that there's one sort of nemesis that they have. They, they seem to do the wrong thing against, and then it becomes self-perpetuating. Because <laughs> you sit down and think, oh no, last time against this person <laughs> I did something silly. I hope I don't do it again. And you're reinforcing the silly thought or the silly behaviour in your head and lo and behold. So conquering that psychological uh, element is important. At whatever level you're playing at, just play the cards. Just play the cards. (laughs) You make it sound so simple. What could go wrong? Oh, well, (laughs) well, I think it's a thing that a lot of people struggle with and they just think this person is automatically going to get a good board but never give up. Never, ever give up. They're only human. The top players make mistakes too, and the top players don't always get it right. I always remember Alan Turner saying it's sort of on a slightly different theme, but you know how you think you're, you know, how unlucky you are. I'm always unlucky and I always hold terrible cards. He says, you know, the odds are always there. You get good hand a certain amount of the times and bad hand. So if you keep on getting bad luck, the good luck, when it arrives, it's going to come in buckets full, I remember him saying. <laughs> Continuing on that theme, one of my students said to me as we were going through a defence hand and putting together the pieces of where the points are, he said to me, but when you're playing against learner players, you can't always rely on what they've done, which is true. But if you're always making sensible decisions on the hand, overall you will come out on top. So they might do something silly and get a good board, but I promise you, you will get two back if you continue to make sensible decisions. That's good advice. It doesn't seem that way sometimes. Eventually, (laughs) the odds are going to come down in your favour. I had a hand at the club the other day where my partner misbid. The opponents had opened one no trump and my partner just forgot what system we were playing and we got a good board out of it and the director was called and there was nothing to be done because 
it was just an incorrect explanation. And I thought, good grief, I'm on the winning side of this for once. <laughs> I must have had a million of these against me, and now I'm on the winning side of a misexplanation. Awesome. <laughs> okay, yes, that's, that's right. what it feels like. <laughs> it does, it does, but it seems like years you have to wait sometimes, but it really isn't that long. Yes. <laughs> No, it really isn't. <laughs> okay, good advice. We'll wait for our luck to change. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.